Hey everyone, welcome to the show. We're trying something new for this episode and we're gonna talk all about our own company, SCP. I asked three different folks who serve in three different ways to talk about their perspectives on us as a company. I asked Juliana Taylor, who's one of our amazing team leads. Juliana spends a lot of her time working with her SCP teams and clients to guide everyone toward delivering the best outcomes. Also, Chris Atkinson, who is our VP of Engineering. Chris serves on our senior executive team, is responsible for the entirety of our professional services organization. And then finally, John Fuller, who's our Director of Engineering. John is responsible for really the fitness of our engineering practice and kind of all the things that go along with that. I really appreciate everyone's time and willingness to talk about their experience and explain SCP in their words to try and give an authentic peek behind our walls. We aren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, and like you, we try to do better every day and see where we can improve. If you have any questions or thoughts about what we talked about, you can send us a note at podcast at scp.com, or you can find me at Zach Darnell, Z-A-C-D-A-R-N-E-L-L, on all the social media platforms. Thank you so much for listening, and really hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Behind the Product, a podcast by SCP where we believe it takes more than a great idea to make a great product. We've been around for over 30 years, building software that matters more. And we've set out to explore the people, practices, and philosophies to try and capture what's behind great software products. So join us on this journey of conversation with the folks that bring ideas to life. Thank you. For joining me on the podcast. I know you guys are super excited because you're all three extroverts just like me and you love to talk, right? That's true. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> lies. All lies. <laughs> Come on now. So uh, we're going to try something different on this show. We've got uh, Mr. Chris Atkinson, Mr. John Fuller, and Mrs. Juliana Taylor, who are all three SCP folks. For real. For real. Yeah. We've never had an all SCP show and I wanted to try it this year, and I'm I'm very thankful that you all, you know, non-coercively decided to come join me. Only a little coercively. Yeah, I didn't twist your arms too much. There was no draw of candy. By the way, there's candy. <laughs> so um, I want to talk about us as a company. One of the things that I think would be fun to explore this year, just as we think about the 12 episodes, plus maybe some some other things that we're going to do this year with the podcast talking about ourselves first, and then exploring with some other companies, what are the things that we do as companies, as tech companies, to enable, support, care for, and uh, continue to nurture the people and the subsequent systems and structures and processes and all the things that go into making that to allow people to be their best selves. So that's, that's really what I wanna talk about today as it relates to us as a company. So we're gonna, we're gonna be transparent first before we ask anybody else to share some of the, the hard and uh, good things uh, that we all face every day. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. All right. So I need somebody to kind of kick us off here and pretend I'm a potential client. How would you describe SCP? Uh, I'll start. Um, I think like the th- the things that stand out to me are um, we're really a employee focused company. Mm. Um, and I never really realized that until a few years ago, and we were having some conversations um, with with Rum and, and a few other people, and, and like we were debating, like uh, I think we're client focused, and like no, I think we're employee focused. But like it really, um, that moment really stood out to me. Like you know, we're we're really em- 
employee focused. Um, and when you say employee focused, tell me a little bit more about that. Uh, I think it just comes down like when we make decisions as a company, mm-hmm. you know, what we're, how we're going to do this thing or how we're going to handle this situation. Like we very much think about it. Well, how is this going to affect employees? Mm. Uh, how is this going to make them feel? What 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 would they want? Yeah. Um, in this decision, and and oftentimes we'll go solicit, you know, their input on a decision as well. Yeah, that's um, true. So it's not always just like, well, this is the you know, money wise, this is the right decision. Like that's not where we start. Right. Um, I mean, obviously, we're, we're our business is to take care of our clients, so that plays a big role. But but employee really is almost like the first thing that we think about. Right. The idea that if if we take care of our employees, they will then make good decisions to take care of our clients. For sure. Is really the, the that's the mindset. That's the motivation. Yep. Okay, Juliana and John, I'm gonna put you guys on the spot here. Do you guys think that's true? I I was I was over here laughing because. <laughs> I always describe SEP as my nerd playground, which I feel like <laughs> is the implementation of being employee first. I like, love that. Yeah, whenever you know, whenever you try to encourage other developers or your developer friends or yeah. people you graduated with to come to work at SEP, you're like, guys, literally, we just get to play on problems all day. That's like <laughs> it. There's no, yeah. That is true, and I feel like you know we just moved in. We're we're recording this for the first time from our new building. Hey, go new building. Um, even things like, hey, we're building a new building. We need a committee for furniture. We need help over here with logistics. We need help with, I don't know, plants and uh, just all kinds of, there were so many. Fitness center. Fitness center, yeah, yeah, yeah. Committees, I don't know, maybe that's an easy word. Is that too corporate for us? We'll go with committee. Nah. Yeah, we'll go with committee. There's so many like maker, employee-driven decision-making uh, that went into even just our office. I think about that, to try to make it as employee focused as possible. All right, we're never gonna be perfect, but right, the intention there is to be as, as, as maker driven as possible. So John, as I'm thinking about the fact that we as a company try to be employee focused, right? We've heard of other companies uh, say that, and I'm sure there are other, other firms out there in the world that are employee focused, not necessarily client focused, and the way that they approach structure and decision making. What do you think makes us different though? Uh, I mean, one thing I think makes us different is, I don't know, just the sort of, you know, and Chris, Chris alluded to it, it's just sort of the, like, always coming back to, is this going to make, make our employees' lives better? Um, and, and, and sometimes uh, making our employees' lives better does also mean, like, well, we're making this decision for, for, our, for our clients, but that will also make our employees' lives better. Mm. So it's great when they, when they go great together. Um, but but if they are sort of in tension, yeah, um, uh, we'll, we'll always always land on uh, how it how it affects our employees. Right. Yeah. You know, you bring up tension. You know, I can I can recall circumstances where those things maybe not necessarily are opposing, but maybe tension is the best way to put it. It's not always easy to do those things to live that out every day. And I, you know, sometimes we might have to ask employees to do something. Uh, maybe a, kind of above and beyond our norm to try to serve our clients and to do that in a way that is the most human as possible. I mean, that's a challenge. It's the the intention, I think, is easy, but the practicality behind it, and it's so nuanced, right? Everybody's different. Every circumstance is different. Every client is different. Every problem is different. And there's no recipe for that. It really is the intention, the value that we try to live out every day. Yeah, I think that mm. that bit you said there about the the, the humanity, like keeping mm. the humanity in all of these decisions. Yeah, is like they're 
you know, it's easy to, to have sort of like a, a North Star and like a guiding principles. Yeah. But like you said, it's like in the moment, like this this decision doesn't have press like most decisions, like they don't have precedence. Right. When it deals with humans. It's like that's that's the hardest part. It's like we try to be human about every every sort of intentional decision we make. And that's hard. Mm. But it's it's important to to our employees and to our clients. Yeah. I, I think so too. And I think it shows really in how people show up every day just trying to remove as many barriers as possible for folks to be their best self and do great work. Uh, we don't always don't always succeed. I feel like oftentimes I, I go home at night, I'm like, oh man, I really screwed that up. Uh, and then, you know, okay, well, there's grace in that. Hopefully, hopefully some forgiveness and come back in tomorrow and try again yep. uh, and hopefully make a better decision. Um, so one of the things that sticks out to me, so I've been here for about three and a half years, a little under, I think Juliana, you and I have a similar tenure and then John, you're like what, ten plus? Yeah, fifteen. Uh, Twelve or thirteen. Twelve or thirteen. Like yep. and, and then Chris has been around here since we started. I think close to it. Twenty-seven. Coming up on twenty-five. Twenty-five. Man, I was close. I was close. Mm-hmm. So we actually have a good spread of experience here at SCP. Um, something that I found um, surprising and awesome, and I don't know how this has come along. Uh, but we really, we hire a lot of fresh out of college for the size of a company we are. We're about 150 employees. And we kind of have this program. I don't know, maybe that's too strict of a word. Uh, it's called SCP Learns. Is that right? I have not gone through it because I'm not a maker. But uh, I'm curious. Tell me about SCP Learns, why that's important, kind of where that came from. Sure. Yeah, so SCP Learns, it's a, it's a relatively new program that we're doing. Um, it's a it's a training program, sort of intensive training program for uh, fresh out of fresh out of school makers, um, or or fresh to the industry. Mm. So we started out with just engineers, but it's a it's an eighteen month program that we're running folks through. And you know, like when you're in school, it's like you learn a lot of this a lot of this theory. Uh, you work on projects with teammates, but then you sort of you graduate from college, and then you you don't know what it's like to be a professional engineer. Mm-hmm. You don't know what it's like to be a professional designer. You don't know how to be on a team. You don't know how to make sure that you're showing up for work at the right time or showing up to meetings at the right time and that those things are important. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's also a lot of skills, you know, it's like, you know, you know how to make the compiler happy when you're in school. It's like, you don't know how to make good decisions on maintainability for, you know, for this component that I just wrote or how I should, um, how I should think about it when I present, present it to my lead and I get uh, code review from them and they tear me apart uh, because I didn't know what I was doing or it's like I named all my variables weirdly. Uh, it's like, it's like, <laughs> it never happens. Yeah, so, so it's like you just don't know all of those things coming out of school. So that's what this program is really meant, meant to give you, an opportunity um, to, to sort of take you from um, sort of be- beginner maker to uh, sort of like well-adjusted teammate, uh, knows, knows about the professionalism of your craft, uh, and how to uh, give you the practical skills that you need on a day-to-day basis on a project team. Mm. So, so we walk through lots of, um, we do book clubs, we do online classes together, uh, we do sessions where it's like you sort of uh, uh, learn about how your project does a particular thing and then you share it back to the group. Um, lots of different things like that. Yeah. Do you think that, that this kind of thing really, um, I don't want to say expedites, but speeds up learning about both us as a company and, like you said, some of those hard skills, some of the organizational stuff, and then some of the, the cross-function pieces. So, like, Juliana, you're an engineer, but you have to work with designers and, and product folks and clients and other en- engineers 
And you have to have some understanding and experience with what they have to deal with and the things that they're good at also, right? Our, so we're exploring all of that as part of this this kind of 18-month roadmap and, and beyond. Yes, so we uh, so this is our first cohort. It's a cohort-based program. So this is our first cohort. We're in the third one uh, where we have developers and designers in it together. Oh. And, and we're, we're in our sort of like first uh, first trimester of that. Um, and, and it is incredible to watch watch those sort of like light bulbs like like popping up across the rooms like you know ev- all of us read the pragmatic programmer together mm. and there's a lot of design concepts that uh, that apply there but you know it's mostly a book for programmers okay. but you can see you know light bulbs popping like on all sides of the room it was like oh my gosh I never knew this thing about about how a programmer works or I never knew that like this type of thing also applied to design and that sort of empathy uh, empathy building across across the disciplines. Uh, it, it's, it's incredible to, to watch watch the crew so far. So Juliana, tell me about when you came on to SCP and kind of what your journey looked like, if you don't mind me putting you on the spot. Most of the learning I did was just on my own project. Um, so I actually was lucky enough, I got put on a, a, a dream team. Um, so they, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of just like siphoned off as much uh, knowledge and wisdom from them as I possibly could. Um, but for the most part, PD is like totally up to you. It's a super unique experience. And like from being a fresh out, it's so overwhelming to yeah. be like, what do you, what do you mean I can do anything? Like I, I want to, <laughs> I want a rubric. Like I want an agenda. I need, I need somebody to manage me in this way. Um, so I, uh, Charles is my manager. Yeah, he is like yeah. very good at creating that structure for yes. me personally. Um, so yeah, this is something that I, I definitely miss. I mean, I read a lot anyway, so mm-hmm. I, I stuck to books for the, my first yeah. year pretty much exclusively as PD. But, um, so do you think it, it was also lived out on our teams? Like this idea of kind of raising up like, okay, Juliana, you're new to our, you new to the organization, new to our team. We're, we're going to come alongside you as well. Oh, heck yeah. And even, um, our clients from the, my first few projects, uh, called it my team, my team of you and your 10 dads um, because that was kind <laughs> wow. of like the culture like everyone was just like uh like oh you need help with this thing like yeah, yeah. sure let me show you how to do that or yeah. um yeah i can totally dig into this or mm. you know this person he knows everything about this let right. me introduce you it was right. a really nice like shepherding mm. um for that knowledge base so it was really it's it's like this idea of of uh investing in and building up you know makers and people uh, has existed for a long time, and now we're going to bring some formality to it. Now we're going to bring some structure to it as we get bigger, as we have more folks in different disciplines to learn, not just in the context of their own projects, but also things that they may not see for a few years. If they don't have a designer on their project for the first year or two of their career here, they won't get exposed to that. And now they'll at least understand, oh, I better understand the things that a, that a UX designer or an interaction designer uh, have to work with and what what product even means uh, in the realm of, of software. That's really cool. Yeah. And I love having like people in SCP Learns on my team. I don't know if you, you know that I do this, but like I always, anytime they're like, okay, we have an SCP Learns today, so I'll be out, you know, for a couple hours. We're like, oh, what are you coming back to teach us? <laughs> we're like, oh, we're learning DDD today. Like, perfect. <laughs> At some level, I think we were, we were already pretty good at bringing in fresh outs and uh, developers from college and kind of bringing them up. Uh, at some level, this was like us, um, like making something we were already good at, like way, way better. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like you had like a mantra or something related awesome to SAP or faster. Learns. 
Yeah, that, well, so yeah, so awesome or faster is like uh, that is the um, sort of the, the mantra or the the, the, sl- the slogan for for a different program we have. That's also for new people. Uh, that's that's the guide program. Oh yeah, uh, that, that is more of a an organizational acclimation mm-hmm. uh, sort of thing. But yeah, it's like like the, the thing that we wanted to do uh, with, uh, with with this program was you know it's like we we have um, at least what we think is a, is a it's a pretty great talent pipeline at all at all mm-hmm. of the schools we recruit at. You know, like like Zach said. You know, we, we hire a lot of folks straight out of school. And so what we wanted to do was just, like, double down on, on that. It's like, you know, we, we, we spent a lot of time and effort, like, developing that pipeline. And then we, and we are, uh, you know, just sort of, like, pretty good at, like, bringing somebody onto a team and ma- making, them, um, making them a really good teammate. And it was just doubling down on that fact. It's like, okay, like, we made sure we got the right person here. Let, let's go all in on that person that we've already hired and just, and just turn it up, you know, just, just turn it up a notch. And, and get those folks to be, um, you know, uh, great teammates uh, even faster. Mm-hmm. It, it's interesting you bring up the, the guide program. That wasn't just, that's not just for fresh outs. That's for all new hires. Correct. Yeah, all, so, all new hires. Yeah, I had, a, I had a guide when I started, and I'm coming in with, I don't know, a decade and a half of experience working. And I, mine was Jotsna. Big shout out to Jotsna if you're listening. I love you. It was, you, you were a phenomenal guide. Um, just to learn SCP, like to be um, somebody that you could meet with on a regular basis, ask questions. Hey, where's the coffee? That was my first question. As you all know, I love coffee. And uh, that has been a really, really cool thing, going back to the intention of and allowing the space for us to uh, expand, create structure, create whatever to make it better, right? Let's take the intention and the practice that we have on a day-to-day basis. Okay, hey, now now we've got like a more formal program that is well-defined uh, to bring somebody through. That's a really cool mm-hmm. way to think about kind of the evolution of us as a company. All right, we are coming up, I think, on 34 years, roughly. That sounds about right. Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, we're not the same company we were 34 years ago. We have two new primary practices in design and product and uh, a lot more people, and that that necessitates some rigor. It's really cool to think about that. I might I might have to sit in on, on one of the cohorts here on ICP Learns. I might learn something. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Also, a fun fact, I was uh, Juliana's guide yes. uh, her nice. first time around. So. I didn't know that, but I'm glad that uh, you were the two that agreed to be on the show because that <laughs> works out really well. Yeah. Okay, so I, I want to I talk a little bit about a uh, little bit of an elephant in the room. Hey, we're sitting in a new office, and it's January of 2022. Gosh, it's amazing that we've been talking about this for almost two years now. Uh, this pandemic... We're all hanging out at the office, and we all came back to the office after sending everybody home for roughly 20 months. I think uh, we started in March just like everybody, and on December 6th, 2021, all came back to our brand new office, and we're all working together here now. Uh, we're, we're a little against the grain. We're one, of the, we're one of maybe two or three other tech companies in Indy that I know about that have people back in the office that aren't doing a hybrid or a remote environment. And, and Chris, I'm just curious, um, can you share a little bit about where that decision came from and kind of how we came to coming back and kind of why we did that? Sure. So like three years ago, we were, we were approaching the point at which we were going to run out of space in our current office. Mm-hmm. And so we were having to start thinking about what are we going to do? Um, yeah. And there were lots of options. Like we could have just gotten some additional office space in another building. We were kind of tapped out in the building that we were in. Right. So that wasn't really a super appealing option. And so at some point we decided to consider building our own building. 
and we had a number of conversations. Um, we were shown like lots of different sites where could do a building. Um, and so we were kind of in the middle of all of that. And then this pandemic hit. And mm -hmm. so like it really forced us to like, we're real close to making a decision on spending a bunch of money mm -hmm. and, and a big commitment in terms of a building. Um, and so we really had to stop and really think long and hard, like, um, is this what we should do? Yeah. Uh, should we go remote? Yeah. Cause, um, you know, we're, we had been doing remote for just a month or two, I think. And we were like, well, it seems like it's working. Um, but we really felt like, um, being together in an office, uh, really like leveraged who we were and, and leveraged our strengths better than being remote. Um, and in a consulting business like ours, uh, I think there was a little bit of like, how, how would we differentiate ourselves mm. if, if we're all at home and remote and our competitors are all at home and remote or offshore or wherever, like how do, how do we gonna show up any different mm. in that case? Like what, what makes us any different then? Yeah. So that kind of factored into it as well. Um, but, but getting back to like the strengths, I think, you know, part of what we did was just kind of take a, take a little bit introspective look and, you know, some of our, our collaborative culture, um, this plays into the things that we've been talking about. Like we've gotten really good at bringing in new people fresh out of college uh, and getting them to be really good designers and engineers really yeah, fast. Yeah. Um, and like, how do you do that when you're, when you're all remote? Um, yeah. Can you do it? And yeah. so like, that was just one example of where like we have this thing we think we're pretty good at. It's a strength of ours. And, and are we going to continue to leverage it or, or will we lose something if we decide you know, not to be together? Um, there's, there's a lot of developing each other that happens as well, like yeah. book clubs and brown bags and um, coaching and mentoring and uh, lots of stuff like that that gets way, way harder when everybody's remote. Yeah. Um, but it's a thing that makes us different. Uh, and I think it's a thing that makes people feel valued at SEP and appreciated for what they do. Yeah. Um, and so, like, we didn't want to lose sight of that either. Um, and then I think, you know, what Juliana said earlier about being kind of a, a nerd playground, like there's a little bit of a, a place of connection for people. Here yeah. Yeah. And we can be here together and we can do the kind of work that we do together. And so, like, those were some of the things really that had us saying, you know what, I think we got to commit to yeah. being together, working together, and we'll get through this pandemic, and hopefully we'll all be back together. But today, we got to make the decision to move yeah. forward with a building. Yeah, because I mean, there was a point of like, okay, well, we could shift gears and not do this mm -hmm. after the pandemic started. And you know, I'm, I'm going to use maybe different words, talking about the we would have to change some structural things to us as a company if we wanted to go remote mm -hmm. recruiting raising up the next generation, connectivity, recognition, like all of the things that kind of makes us who we are would have to change. And while that may not have been a bad thing, um, I wonder, and this is, this is, you know, just Zach's, you know, hypothesis here, you know, John, we go back to talking about the idea of the human element and how baked in that is to who we are. Well, when you're all remote, I know I even felt it that the, I felt like, I lost or was disconnected from the human element of everybody mm -hmm. else at SCP. And, and again, that would be a huge shift in who we are as a company. And I wonder if, you know, we, we were able to weather the pandemic working from home time period as well as we did because we had years of being together, creating those connections and having the human aspects and the relationships we did. And I wonder if, you know, it just in a few years time, if we would have continued down that road, how much of that would have eroded? 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, there's no way to know for sure. I just, I wonder. It's interesting to think about. So, John and Juliana, on a on a day to day, on a day to day level, on a practical level, you know, how do you guys see this kind of manifesting in projects across teams across the company? Like us coming together, contributing to, kind of making us the best versions of ourselves, kind of being here and doing it together. What do you guys think about that? I can go first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had whiteboards um, down, at, and I think whiteboards pretty much summarizes like the manifestation of everything you guys are talking about mm. because that is one of the things um, in our day to day lives that we missed on the project level um, when we were remote. Um, mm-hmm. Like that whole um, being able to actually like spatially collaborate. Um, it, it, it just isn't there um, like in a Zoom call or mm-hmm. on Slack or whatever. Um, and like the first week that we moved into the office and I ha- we had like a couple of guys that were like, you know, can we just, can I just draw it out real quick? Yes. Um, and in 10 minutes, everyone knew what everyone was talking about and it was fine. We went back to our desks and we like continued on mm-hmm. whatever we were doing um, versus like having to, having to explain some problem. We, we had one problem on a project that we were trying to explain to our clients and it took us a month to get through this concept. And, and the end of that month was we just invited our client into the, our old SCP office yeah, yeah. to whiteboard it out for like an hour or two. Oh, and wow. then, and then everyone was like, Oh, okay. That's what you mean. Okay. That's, great. that's really cool. So, so I, um, I wonder about that because what's something that also that's going through my head, you know, that some people could be assuming, oh, you guys are back in the office. You just want people sitting at desks eight to five and we, we're some autocratic environment. I, I don't think we are. And I and I so I'm, I'm kind of curious, Juliana, from your perspective, you know, um, it's not about productivity. It's about outcomes. It's about solving problems. It's about connect. Like, I feel like what you just described is like the exact manifest manifestation of why. Yeah, and because uh, I, I think when you uh, when you're working with a team at SCP, you're not like sure. I guess you buy those five people for however many days, but what you're we're really... not human traffickers. Just <laughs> oh, just, <sorry>. just <laughs> so you know. I mean, the phrase like that. But, <laughs> like I am going to reach out to somebody who's not on that project if I mm-hmm, need them for anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether you're actually like paying for their time or not. We're right. going to leverage that. Our, our entire network of people. And so uh, that coupled with the fact that we hire really nice people make made that really hard when we're all remote, right? Yeah. Because if you have a bunch of really nice people who are like, oh, that guy's super smart. Like he's probably in the middle of something really important. I'm not gonna bother him. Mm. Versus like, I see him looking at YouTube on his desk. I can totally interrupt, <laughs> you know? Um, we all do it. <laughs> We're learning. YouTube is a place to learn. But I, it's so much easier to like look at people's physical cues yeah. in the office yes. and be able to riff off of um, like them that way and, and not feel like you're you're totally intruding on their, that's, their time. That's so true. I, I read a thing. I have no idea if this is true. Internet, you know, take take it for take it for granted there. We'll take it with a grain of salt. Um, when you are communicating face-to-face, you're exchanging something like terabytes of, of data in Communication 101. If you're on a Zoom, it's like gigabytes. When you're on a phone call, it's megabytes. Even when you're texting, slacking, or emailing, it's kilobytes. Mm. 
Like that's the order of magnitude difference in the amount of information that you're exchanging when you're communicating. You could be having the same conversation with the same person and that's the level of, of difference in communicating. So you talk about it took a month trying to do Zooms and yeah. Vizios and whatever, and then an hour behind a whiteboard. Ah, okay, now it all sinks in. I'm sure there was some information that was getting through up to that point, but just the order of magnitude difference in communicating in that hour. Yeah, so much more efficient. Makes the, makes the difference. It's so interesting. Yeah. Even on Zoom, my, t- my team had to get used to me being like, I'm sorry, I don't know what your face means. Can you use more? <laughs> like, I just couldn't. <laughs> like, can't process. I <laughs> love that. I don't know, John, any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I would echo the, the whiteboards uh, for sure. Uh, I would also say, you know, I guess like Juliana touched on a bunch of them, but it's just like like walking by and like seeing that person is like, oh, yeah, like I did need to talk to Ryan about that one thing. Mm. And then like and then I like stop and talk maybe just to say hi for a minute while we drink coffee. And then like it launches into like the actual conversation I wanted to have. And then we get to like such a deeper, like a deeper conversation about a thing that I know Ryan knows about. That I wanted to learn about or, or needed to take back to my team, mm-hmm. you know, to, you know, um, to work on some initiative that we're working on. Uh, so like that sort of like organic thing happening. It's like, it's like, how do you do that when you're remote? It's like, it's like maybe you slack somebody uh, and like maybe they see your message and maybe forget to get back with you for a couple hours. Yeah. Or it's like, I schedule it over zoom. Right. To be like, Hey, let's talk about a thing. And we, you know, have an hour meeting. It's like, it's kind of awkward or it's like, you just never, uh, or it's just like, eh, I don't want to schedule like just a conversation with someone. So I'll just like the next time I run into this person, you don't run into people at the coffee, yeah. the yeah. coffee or wherever when, when you're remote. That's um, true. But yeah. So it's like just like that, that sort of like hap- happens chance conversation or like deep conversation. Like you don't you just never get those yeah. uh, remote. Uh, but then um, there's like the connection. It's just like it's just. Um, just erodes like over time like you said zach is like like connection to like the different the different folks around you um like wh- whether they're on your team or not on your team uh but maybe especially painful when they are on your team it's just like it's like maybe uh you know it's like i only see juliana during stand-up and that's the only time i see her whereas yeah. you know if we're sitting together like like we'll be sitting near each other and it's like just being near each other like not even talking it's like i, ca- I can read like body language and stuff like that yeah. to, to know how Julia's doing today and like know like whether you know like what like what's going on yeah so. you could see me motioning for you to get closer to the microphone when we're recording this podcast I, you know maybe that's something I <laughs> could do <laughs> so okay I want to talk about a couple of specific things that we do again that I have I personally just not experienced in other companies that I think is really cool um, so uh, we tend to walk into a new project with more, uh, pardon the, the, the trite analogy here, a more of a playbook rather than a play. It's less, here's how we do things and more how we approach them. Um, and I know that there's been various versions over the years of kind of how we approach this, but you know, tell me a little bit about this, John, right? We, we've learned things over almost 34 years. We've tried a lot of different things. We started doing Agile years ago, probably like everybody else, but we, we've been around since the 80s. It's now 2022. How do, we, how do we bring all that collective goodness to bear for our clients? What do we try to do there? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so, you know, we, we've been around, you know, 34 years, like you just said. You know, we've gone from, you know, waterfall, feature-driven development, Agile, Lean, Kanban, and so it's like you know we we have experimented and played with uh, like lo- lots of different methods, lots of lots of different methodologies, um, 
And, and so, so we have lots of experiences executing projects in lots of different contexts, whether they're regulated or not, consumer facing, back end, mm -hmm. business to business. Um, so, so we have a, t a ton of experience executing in lots of different ways. And so anytime a client comes to us with a problem, it's like th there, there, is, there is never a cookie cutter solution to what that is. Right. So it, it, would be, it would be a little bit ridiculous for us to try to come with a cookie cutter response for like, here's how you should approach your project. Mm. And then we would all run our projects the same. So in fact, what we do is all of our projects uh, basically, basically run uh, with complete autonomy and, yep. and they, can, they can execute sort of however, however they want. Uh, but we do, we do know that there are some things that work better uh, than others especially in particular contexts. Mm. Uh, so, so we're starting to starting to formalize around that, and we, we have in the past as well, but what we really wanna do is be, be, deliberate, be deliberate about about the way that we approach a project yeah. uh, in a particular situation with a particular client. You know, most of our clients, like we have history with, so we, so we know what works and what doesn't inside mm. there, but, but also depending on you know, the current project, the current situation, uh, there might be some things that we need to tweak um, and, and operate a little bit differently. Uh, so so we, have a, we have a set of things um, uh, to, to help teams sort of get off on the right foot and make sure, make sure that we're sort of uh, operating not in what we would say um, best practices, because I think when you get, in, when you get into the situations like there, there aren't necessarily best practices, like we're in a complex scenario here. Yeah. Uh, sort of like you, you have to sort of sense and respond. You try something, see if it works. Yes. Uh, if it doesn't, uh, let's try something else. Yeah. It's not static. Right. Yeah. You, starting point. Right. Exactly. Goal, outcome you're trying to achieve. And I don't know, Juliana, I'm sure you, I mean, you do this every day with your team. Yeah, uh, well, okay, let, let's adjust this. Yeah, that wasn't exactly what we're looking for. Let's try this a little bit. And it's it's like a zigzaggy pattern, yeah. you know, to, to really flush out and, and carve away the hard parts of the stone to eventually get, hopefully get to a point where you're you're operating efficiently. Mm -hmm. You know, how, what does that look like for you on a day-to-day -day basis with your with your teams? Yeah, um, I, it it's definitely dev-driven. Like all of our processes, um, are kind of a combination, a function of what the dev team needs and what our clients need. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, as a team lead, I'm the, the proxy, right? I'll create that abstract layer. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, our clients are getting everything that they need, but under the surface, the dev team can operate however they need to, yeah. to just get work done. And when you strip away all that dogma, like the team can just do what they need to do yeah um and then out of that falls process okay like what you know what is and what is not working um when stuff isn't working that's when we add process mm -hmm. or strip it away if it, yeah if the process was the issue um and, and you're right it's like totally tail it's totally context specific I, like i've gone to a number of mentors um especially for the first couple of projects that i've been leading like okay, so should I do this or this? And I always get well, it depends. It depends, on the context, yeah. You know, which yeah. is like <laughs> terrible answer, but I mean, it's a great answer. Um, not one that I ever wanted to. Uh, I was hoping to hear, but yeah. I feel like I heard it depends a lot when I first started. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like that should be one of the values that we have. It depends. <laughs> I think you know when we when we operate this way, like there's a little bit more of a need to understand like some of the principles that mm. we're going after. So rather than like, we're gonna do it this way, um, we put a lot more emphasis on understanding the principles and, yeah. and a little bit more on like, what's the intent behind doing this practice or that practice? Right. And then that helps us make good decisions about what's the practice that makes sense for this project right. and this customer. 
that that's really important you know and 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 also john you kind of touched on and i feel like something that's kind of gluing all of this together autonomy um i feel like a lot of people talk about autonomy and i'm sure that shows up differently for a lot of different companies but it seems like it shows up even more in more ways than even just our project teams it shows up in I don't know, something as, as benign and very helpful for me personally, because I love coffee, on who's who's care and feeding for our coffee machines and what are we gonna do here in the office? You know, if somebody's really passionate about coffee, they can jump in and, and contribute and help. And I feel like that is the case for new practices. We've, uh, I'm gonna butcher the name, the Learning Pipeline? Is that yep. our trademark name? That, that, is a, <laughs> that is a trademark name. Yeah, trademark, yeah. trademark sure. pending, we'll sure. go, we'll, there yes. we go. Uh, maybe we'll farm out to uh, anybody listening if they can come up with a name for what we just got done describing for our projects as they kick off. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll come up with something fun. Yep. Uh, so the learning pipeline, it, it's this idea of trying to marry uh, uh, maker uh, desires, passions, things that they want to learn and market and client needs, things that people are asking for and saying that they, that they might need at some point and trying to match those things up. And there's a, there was, if, as far as I understand, so much autonomy and yeah, go try a thing. Go make a, go make a prototype, go and then show it off to somebody. Uh, you wanna go try to learn uh, this new thing, you wanna go take this class, go do it. Uh, you wanna try to spin up a new book club or a new group or a new whatever it might be in the office. Sure, as long as it you know somewhat aligns with what we do as a company, that might be the only boundary that I think I've heard, go try it. Yeah. See what people think. Test things out on your on your projects. There's a lot of fluidity and, and ability to experiment. It seems like we do a lot of experimenting. And I would assume, I don't know, Giuliani, you, you have to be you have to keep me honest. Within project teams, you talk about, well, this thing doesn't work. Well, you guys are constantly talking about this and reviewing it, not just as a as a siloed team, but including the folks that you're working with from the client. Hey, how did this feel for you? Yeah. You know, how did how did, did this work? You know, I don't know. Yeah. And including them in that conversation, so it's a collective decision make or, you know uh, decision that you're making. And uh, that's I found that um, so valuable uh, to do with our clients because I, I'll even straight up ask the question like, what could have been an email? Like, <laughs> what do we do in a meeting that could have been an email? There you go. And it's like m- most of the time, I, like like I said, we kind of strip away the dogma here. So I've not yet received any feedback uh like i've not nobody's ever said like no you're doing too much you need to strip it down yeah um but it's such a great check-in point i think overall because i i want to make sure that the meetings that we are having are valuable for our clients and like in the dev team yeah i've even gone so i i'm probably more transparent than i need to be but I'll, I'll even say like listen this report that you want me to generate for you every week takes me three hours is that yeah. like are you getting that much value out of it that you want me to continue that's a great question you know that's a great question all right so I want to wrap up I want to ask one last question the last 18 months or so have been challenging for everybody even us right uh, what's one thing that you have that you walk away with in the last 18 months that you've carried forward today now that we're back together uh, that you think would be beneficial for somebody listening to hear one thing that you learned or maybe one challenge that you faced uh, I think for for me and my role um, you know obviously we've been through a pandemic, mm. still are in it maybe. Yeah. Um, and, and we um, have asked everybody to come back to the office. And so um, 
you know, and everybody's opinions, uh, opinions are like all over the map. Yeah, on it. yeah. Um, some people are like super concerned, other ones are, um, not concerned at all. Yeah. Um, and we have employees that are, uh, you know, Somewhere across between. that spectrum. So <laughs> um, like it's easy to, to look at your own opinions on it and mm. then say, well, your your opinions are wrong because oh. they're not mine. But um, I think really for me, it was just learning like, regardless of where people are at, like yeah. they're, they're convicted to be where they're at. Yeah. And, and we need to honor that. Uh, and, and that's not always easy, but, um, but I think that's, that was a big takeaway for me. I just like, even if it's a different opinion than I have, like that's where they're at. Um, and they, they didn't get there casually or without, you know, thought or, or evaluating it for themselves. Yeah. Um, and so I need to respect that. I love that. that. That's a good one. I'm gonna have to try to live that out too. It's a good one. Uh, for me, I would say, um, intentionality around connection uh so it's like so so easy uh when you're remote yeah uh to just live you know in, in your own little like i got work to do i got my own computer i can just do it and do my own thing um but it's, it's so important uh to to sort of stay connected with other folks and when you're not being intentional about that it's just not going to happen yeah uh so just uh you know just like always reaching out and like even having calendar reminders for like i should reach out to zach uh, to go yeah. have coffee yeah. or I should, you know, I should, um, you know, well, it's sort of just like a, a, a personal like calendar reminder for myself, not like a scheduled interaction between the two of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, just being intentional about that, I think is the, um, at least for me is like the easiest way to, to make sure that that happens. Yeah. I've been wrestling with that. Even being back at the office, yep. mm-hmm. it's so easy to kind of stay in my little corner up here and not go and engage and walk around. I, I need to do a better job of that too. Yep. Such a good reminder. Yeah, for me, it's, um, I definitely learned that people's personal lives play a much bigger role in how they show up to work than I ever thought. Yeah, true. Um, and, and just like respecting, respecting that and empathizing with that. Like there, there have been so many times where my, um, my check-ins with my teammates have just been talking about home, like, oh, yeah. you know, what's going on at home? How, what do we need to do to get you there? Like, how does that impact work? Cause it always impacts um, work or how they're showing up to a meeting or mm-hmm. it's just really great context to be able to work as a team um, and I've always like for, b- before this year have been like nope you, you deal with your own stuff at yeah, home and sure. you make sure you show up to work but that's not human you know? yeah yeah that's so true and that's something that carries forward regardless of whether you're remote or in the office mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's so true well, I appreciate all of you. Thank you so much for being willing to open up and talk a little bit about us and your lens on us at SCP. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Zach. Thank you.